This is the Olive Wellness Podcast, brought to you by the Olive Wellness Institute. Welcome to Episode 7 of Olive Wellness Podcast. I'm Sarah Gray. A healthy lifestyle encompasses more than just what you eat and how much exercise you get. To achieve a healthy body and mind, you need to consider other factors, including the amount of sleep you get, how much stress you have, your exposure to toxins, and the environment and society in which you live. Lifestyle medicine is becoming an increasingly popular and evidence-based approach to healthy living. A key champion is Siobhan Conn, Vice President of the Australasian Society of Lifestyle Medicine. Siobhan's an accredited nutritionist and practicing dietitian, Director of Discovery Health Coaching, and Vice President of the Australasian Society of Lifestyle Medicine. Siobhan embodies healthy eating habits, which includes the Mediterranean diet and extra virgin olive oil. She's always been interested in health, fitness and healthy eating. And these days, she's a much sought after health coach. Chris Ashmore asks, what precisely is a health coach? A health coach is about supporting people with behaviour change. So getting the motivation to make changes to their lifestyle and maintaining those changes. So we can know information and that might be around nutrition, um, but people get stuck with the implementation of that information. So a coach is around going, okay, well, you know, what are your current habits and behaviours? What do you want to change or where do you want to be? What's your vision? How do you want to get healthy? And how do we create a vision for that? And then how do we collaboratively create a bit of a plan for getting to that place? So we look at things like internal factors like thoughts and beliefs that may be affecting one's behaviours and habits. We look at external factors, which might be the physical environment, our social environment. We look at things like skill set. We look at, and this is internal again, things like value systems, etc. And we say, okay, what of out of those factors are working for you at the moment in having a healthy lifestyle? And what are the factors there that are getting in the way, the barriers? And we create a plan for getting over those barriers. So it might be changing the physical environment, for example, challenging some of those thoughts or beliefs. And then what can we do with the factors that are already in place that are working for you to enhance them, to make it easier to create change? And as a coach, we should be, I normally work with people for at least six months, sometimes 12 or longer. And around once we change those behaviours, how do you solidify them? How do you maintain those behaviours? What's an example of a bad behaviour? Is this kind of when I get home from work and I open a bottle of red and then the next night I do the same thing and so on and so forth. And it just becomes something that I do all the time and it's breaking that habit. Is that right? Yeah, particularly if the habit obviously is affecting your health. And it might be a you know, short-term factor where you feel like it's affecting your sleep and then you feel a little bit rough around the edges the next day, not able to perform, you don't, your mood's affected, but also maybe affecting you from a health perspective too. And maybe obviously, you know, with excess alcohol, it can be increasing things like your, your cancer risk. So um, it all depends on the behaviour and the quantity of, of what you're doing, in your case of red wine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so then we have, we have a look at that behaviour, we go, okay, is it a healthy behaviour or not? Um, are you ready to change it? Because that's important too. How important is it to you to change that behaviour and what's your confidence level at the moment uh, in, in changing that behaviour? 
Mm-hmm. Now, you're vice president of the Australasian Society of Lifestyle Medicine. What is that and what precisely is lifestyle medicine? Lifestyle medicine is about preventing, treating and managing chronic conditions, usually lifestyle related. And those chronic conditions can be things like cardiovascular disease or diabetes. It could be arthritis. It could be depression, anxiety. There's a range of different chronic conditions. And uh, lifestyle medicine is about treating those chronic conditions with lifestyle therapeutic approaches. So nourishing diet, regular physical activity, adequate sleep, stress management, avoiding use of risky substances such as cigarettes or excess alcohol, ensuring social and cultural connection, finding meaning and purpose in our lives and and managing various environmental influences. So lifestyle medicine can be described as the intersection of medicine, healthcare and health policy with behavioural, social, environmental, socioeconomic, political and other factors that impact on health and wellbeing. The Australasian Society of Lifestyle Medicine, or ASLM, is our acronym, is an interdisciplinary society of medical practitioners, mostly GPs, allied health professionals like dietitians, exercise physiologists, psychologists, physiotherapists, nurses, public health physicians, scientists, researchers and educators. And together we're working to prevent and manage and treat these lifestyle-related conditions. We're also advocating for a multidisciplinary, multi-system approach to the chronic and lifestyle-related disease problem. And our vision's not just achieving the absence of disease, but we'd like people to have a complete physical and mental health. There'd be health equity, social justice, corporate responsibility and environmental sustainability. I think we're quite unique. There's no other society or organisation like us in the Australasian region. Also, the lifestyle medicine movements is growing globally. There's, there's lifestyle medicine profession associations now in over 35 countries around the world. So it's, I think lifestyle medicine is, is invaluable um, for all health practitioners because often we weren't taught. We were usually taught our specialty, but we weren't really taught the evidence base in the other areas of lifestyle. And I think, um, you know, many areas of health intersect. So I don't think it's enough to just be across your one particular area like nutrition. You have to be across other areas of health, I think, to be a better practitioner. And we need to, as I said before, work together. So it's, oh, it's incredibly exciting to be part of this rapidly growing lifestyle medicine movement, as you can probably hear from my voice, because <laughs> I just think, you know, working together, we'll be able to create a healthier, more equitable, sustainable world where, you know, all of our life forms can flourish. It's a big dream, I know, but um, I think if we work together in a society like the Australasian Society of Lifestyle Medicine, I, I think it's possible. Well, is it fair to say too that it's perhaps a countenance to misinformation that's out there, whether it's the internet or urban myths or rumours about nutrition and health, that it is a collection of evidence-based research to bring that all together as a platform for people. And that's where you come in as well with your accreditation as a dietitian and a nutritionist. And that's important to have evidence-based information about nutrition and health. Oh, absolutely. That's what we stand for. We are evidence-based practice. So lifestyle medicine is about the evidence base in each area of lifestyle. And obviously nutrition is one of them. And there is a lot of misinformation out there. And I think it's so confusing for the general public to know who to trust. We are a society of evidence-based university qualified practitioners. So we are trying to build a base of resources that explain the evidence base in each one of these areas 
Mm. Which kind of brings me to the crux of this interview and this question about extra virgin olive oil. From your background and your point of view, what are the health benefits of extra virgin olive oil? Yeah, there's many. And I I do recommend Australian sourced high quality extra virgin olive oil. Um, For many people, there's a regular oil that they can use for cooking or on salads and literally as their go-to oil. And and that's because it's a good source of healthy fats, vitamin E, contains so many powerful bioactive compounds that have those antimicrobial, antioxidant and anti-inflammatory properties. I love, you know, oleocanthal, which is one of the compounds that's been shown in studies to have a similar anti-inflammatory effect to ibuprofen, which is exciting. And then (laughs) the other one, squalene, um, an antioxidant that's been reported to have a chemoprotective effect specifically against skin cancer. There's so many of them. So yeah, I do recommend it and um, it's one of those oils that if you get the right one, then you're you're obviously getting one of the most nutritious oils on the market. You mentioned uh, Australian made or Australian produced. Why? Closer to the source for a start, higher quality. We know with olive oil, we can cook with it. We know that it is heat sensitive. It will degrade over time. That's one of the reasons why I think Australian source, so you know, close to the source as possible, and um, and ensuring that it's produced in a high quality way. Also, I think let's buy Australian. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> when it comes, we mentioned it before. When it comes to sort of myths that fly around about different foods and there's different trends at different times about what foods are good and what foods are bad. But when it comes to extra virgin olive oil, what are some of the most common diet misconceptions that you come across as a dietitian and health coach? I think um, one I just alluded to, obviously, that you cannot cook with extra virgin olive oil. I mean, that's so irritating and I hear it over and over again. (laughs) And though, as I mentioned before, it's temperature sensitive and it needs to be stored in a cool, dark place, premium extra virgin olive oils are highly resistant to oxidation. They've got a reasonably high smoke point, so that means they can be used between 200 and 215 degrees Celsius. They can be used in the oven, the saucepan, fry pan, wok, and they're able to withstand these high temperatures because of their high stability as a consequence of the fatty acid profile. They're high in monounsaturated fatty acids and low in polyunsaturated fatty acids. And extra virgin olive oil has an antioxidant content, which is protective. So the heating process does reduce the natural antioxidant content slightly, but there's still a considerable amount of antioxidants found in the prepared meal. So that's definitely one of the biggest myths I get asked all the time. The other one is probably maybe some other oils are healthier, like coconut oil, uh, rice bran oil. You know, I've been asked about the coconut oil one quite a bit over the last couple of years or few years with the coconut oil craze. And that's one where I'll constantly sort of have to compare and say, well, you know, the polyphenols are very high in extra virgin olive oil, low in a virgin coconut oil. The bioactive compounds um, are much more in the extra virgin olive oil. It contains vitamin E. So pretty much I just compare them against each other and people walk away and go, oh, okay, well, you know, I can still have coconut oil, but the extra virgin olive oil is superior. They're probably the the most common questions or, or myths that I have to bust, I'd say. How does the Mediterranean diet and the consumption of extra virgin olive oil fit into lifestyle medicine? In lifestyle medicine, we evaluate the evidence for lifestyle approaches that may help with prevention, treatment and management of lifestyle-related disease. A large lifestyle factor that contributes to disease is your dietary intake. 
of the food you consume. As dietitians and lifestyle medicine practitioners, we look for a variety of dietary patterns and the impact they have on our health. The Mediterranean diet is one of the dietary patterns that has a large amount of evidence that demonstrates it may reduce the risk of lifestyle-related disease. There's been numerous studies conducted and reviews of all the research, and there's a high level of evidence showing that a greater adherence to a Mediterranean diet, so that means sticking as closely as possible to the traditional diet, plays a role in reducing overall mortality, reducing the risk of many diseases such as cardiovascular diseases, overall cancer incidence, diabetes, cognitive decline and dementia and potentially it can reverse symptoms of depression and anxiety. Adherence to a traditional Mediterranean diet may also help prevent weight gain and abdominal obesity. And what is key to these findings is that people stick as closely as possible to the diet and these are the people that are most protected. So clearly knowing what is the traditional Mediterranean diet is very important and one of the key components is extra virgin olive oil as the main added fat The aim is to consume around 60 mils or two to three tablespoons per day. One study actually showed, and it was of 40,000 people, showed that the risk of heart disease was nearly halved in participants consuming a couple of tablespoons of extra virgin olive oil per day. The other key components of the Mediterranean diet that people need to be aware of and need to include are lots and lots of vegetables. So vegetables with every meal and include those leafy greens and and tomatoes and plenty of other vegetables. Include at least two legume-based meals per week. So things like, you know, a legume lentil soup, dal, throwing legumes and lentils into your salads, even having them as a, a snack. Also eating at least two servings of fish and particularly those oily fish. So the salmon, mackerel, sardines, tuna. Canned tuna is not as high in uh, the important uh, fish oil omega-3, but it's still a good choice that can be included regularly in someone's dietary intake throughout the week. Also, it's about eating smaller portions of meat and less often, so no more than uh, once or twice a week. Eating fruit every day and having the one to two handfuls of nuts. Eating the Greek plain natural yogurt every day and cheese in moderation, including those whole grain breads and cereals with meals like wholemeal sourdough, oats and brown rice, etc. Consuming wine in moderation, so no more than a standard drink a day, which is about 100 mils, and having a couple of alcohol-free days a week. And obviously, limiting things like sweets or sweet drinks for special occasions only. So that's the crux of it, really. It's sticking to, you know, the main principles as closely as possible to get those benefits. And uh, lifestyle medicine is around lifestyle approaches like diet to help prevent, treat and manage lifestyle-related conditions. Now, obviously, you, you use extra virgin olive oil. Siobhan, how do you use it in your cooking? Oh, Lots of different ways. So obviously in in the cooked meals that I use, whether I'm cooking like a risotto or a pasta dish, you know, in salads and dressings, um, I dip my wholemeal sourdough bread into extra virgin olive oil. I make a, and this is going to appeal to some people and not others, but like a sardine bruschetta with extra virgin olive oil and wholemeal sourdough that obviously fits really into the Mediterranean diet. Do you think... A lot of Australians, are we starting to understand the benefits of uh, olive oil or we've still got a long way to go? Oh, I think we've actually come a long way in the last sort of 10 years or so in, in terms of understanding the benefits. I've found people use 
extra virgin olive oil a lot more now than what they used to. I've been out now as a dietitian for about 17 years. So I've actually found that people are more commonly having that as their, their oil that they use for a variety of things in the cupboard. We probably still, as I said to you, because I'm still getting these myths, I'm still getting people saying, oh, but I don't cook with it. I think we still have a way to go in terms of getting the message out there, but we'll get there. Siobhan Con. And that ends Episode 7 of Olive Wellness Podcast. To learn more about the nutrition, health and wellness benefits of olives and olive products, please visit the Olive Wellness Institute website at olivewellnessinstitute.org. Until next time, I'm Sarah Gray. Thanks for listening.